What's up, y'all? We're back. It's our Thursday episode. We told you we're coming back. We're talking about a little bit of the news. And the first thing we're going to talk about is we've officially been named dates for winter testing. That's what's up. So I we got like we're getting closer. Yeah, we are getting closer. So we got February 23rd to 25th there in Barcelona, which is typical, you know. And then they had to Bahrain Mar- March 10th to March 12th, a week before the opening race opening of race. the season. So first off, the only reason we're really talking about it, obviously everybody here is excited except for me. I don't really care until the race kicks off. But there is no live coverage in Barcelona. How do you feel about that? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of speculation. Um, why is it going to be so private, man? Yeah. Is it because they think cars are going to go into the wall? Because obviously they're new cars. They're testing it to the limit. Or is it just because Bahrain paid a lot of money for their first television rights? I really think it's just, in large part, it's the start of a new era. And it's really going to be the first time that teams and drivers are together. Maybe they just don't want the product to look bad. Yeah, I'm going with the latter. I think it's all about the money. I don't think so. I think so. Um, so w- we can transition. I mean, that, that's all there's really much to talk about preseason. We can transition right into one of the biggest things that's been talked about. We talked about a little bit. It's Pirelli's new tires. They are speaking about how these tires will be raceable. They will be less strategy because you should only do one stops. Everything that you hear is talking about this is going to be a really driver-predicated race. It's no longer going to be one of the strategy or car. Yeah, and I mean, I find all of it hard to believe because everything that we've read, I think there's so much anticipation and hype going into the season and it all being about it's going to be driver versus driver, not necessarily technology, power, and engine. It's going to be very, very driver-heavy. Yeah, I mean, so let's get into that. Why don't you believe that like, why is it skeptical for you? Why are you skeptical? I just about don't it? think um, if we look at F1's track record and history, um, the teams that have always had the most resources and the best budget have the best car and therefore most times win. So yeah. if we're now moving to this new era of F1 where you can have all the money and resources in the world, at the end of the day, sure, you can pay the best driver, but there's, there's talent. And I, I think when it comes down to just human, it, it, it becomes more reliant on, say, human error. Anyone can have a bad race, a bad season, and it, it just allows for the upset. Yeah, but you said you don't buy the racing. It's all on the drivers. Yeah, <laughs> you because it, it just, I, I can't see it being, and I mean, we'll but see why not, in Bahrain, though, because... Everything that's pointed up to this far, everybody said those cars are very difficult to drive. Like Lando Norris, Fernando Alonso, all these guys have said the car is difficult to They're drive. They're saying that, easy. but like they haven't actually tested the cars yet. They tested the wheels alone with a car they're familiar with. Exactly. So we won't know until we see them or we hear the initial reports coming out of Barcelona. Um, and you know what? If I'm wrong, and I'm just going with what my gut instinct says and what F1 has shown me for as long as I can remember, then I'm going to be happy because if it is really predicated on driving talent and driving skill, then it's going to make for an incredible season. Yeah, I think it'll make for an incredible season. I, I'm I'm on the belief that, A, I think it will be a lot more driver-focused, but we've t- come on here and talked about it. You see who has driver instincts, and I feel like the guys that belong in high seats can drive. Like I don't think 
out of the top four teams, the top eight drivers, do we really think any of those drivers don't belong? I mean, obviously, I think if you look at the only person that really comes to mind is like, isn't Alonzo and Vettel? Would you no. rather them in instead of a Checo? Yeah, I mean, but that, like I mean, that's it's, it's so minor. Yeah, that's you're drawing for straws there, right? Yeah. Like it's not a big deal. But I mean, the for the, the most biggest part, question mark is George Russell. To be honest with you, yeah, and you know, like we're talking today about what's going on, and there's a lot in the news cycle right now. There's obviously everything from the announcements of the reveals of the cars, the preseason, oh, Lewis Hamilton, Hamilton <laughs> you know, one day he's coming, one day he's not. It's all just speculation, and then of course, like you know, there's been some chatter now. Will George Russell? Um, fit into Mercedes, and then there's also the chatter of could George Russell beat Lewis Hamilton in his first year? Like, there's a there's some media circling George. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely getting a lot of press, but I think the only reason he's getting that press is because we talk about Mercedes so much, and I'm kind of sick of talking about if Lewis Hamilton will return. I'm so sick of it. I hate looking every day and just seeing the same thing. Oh, Lewis Hamilton will be back. Oh, Lewis Hamilton will not be back. Oh, Lewis Hamilton has the FIA and F1 exactly where he wants them. Yeah, like, I tweeted about that, like, Karun, I know you race, but... It's time to chill, man. Like, like, what do you mean by Lewis Hamilton has them exactly where he wants his team in the sport? Like, <laughs> they are drawing for straws to <laughs> they your are. point. They're trying to build narratives. But my whole thing, back, back to our, our kind of main point, and we can talk, jump into George later, but... I think the biggest thing I want to take away from the tires is, A, they're going to last longer. So the biggest thing is there's going to be a lot of one-stops. So I don't, like, we're not going to see this strategic But you know what, sure, there's going to be one-stops, right? If if you just look at it, okay, these tires will be able to go most races for a one-stop. But ultimately, the reason you see two stops or three stops or really just multi-stops is strategy. I mean... No, bro, tires wear out. It's like... If these tires don't wear out and you can get good pace out of the tire for a whole race, like two out of two tires, that kills a lot of strategy. Think about it. Because you, a lot of teams can think, okay, we'll run mediums, we'll run another pair of mediums and we'll run softs at the end. Or we'll run a pair of softs and medium, uh, hards and then if we need it, then we'll run another pair of mediums depending how the race is going. So Pirelli really is saying that these more durable tires will we'll eliminate, will eliminate undercuts. Pretty much. Well, no, not really. There's no such thing as under. The undercut will always exist because theoretically, if Max pits right before Lewis, then he's going to get a better outlap. Yeah. However, Pirelli's sell on this is that it will reduce the amount strategy. Of, it will reduce the impact that the undercut has because of the durability of. The yeah, car. theoretically, theoretically, but I mean, if you pit a little lap and you can gain half a second, right? Like it, it depends on what your outlap but, looks like. Think about it. But I would assume. Do you think Pirelli? actually has made a more durable tire because tires have been a conversation whether it's bridgestone pirelli for decades and it's always like oh we have the most durable tire like yes they have all the simulations that they're gonna run but until the tires get out there and you know even last year there was some issue there was definitely some cause for concern with tires whether it was early on with baku and max's tire just exploding or the tires on the curbs in um, Saudi. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I won't say much of that. I, I'm not sure. I would say they have 18-inch 18 18-inch 18 rims, so maybe the tires are just all rubber. That's why they're heavier, right? They're all rubber, so that's why they're more durable because obviously before we know that there was air and gap between them. I don't know. There's so much that they're changing this year, and obviously, you know, we started the conversation on why are they not why are they being so private in Barcelona? You said money. I said maybe they just don't know what they have. But 
there is so much change. Like, what kind of product are we going to see? Is the car not going to be look fast? Like, I'll tell you last year, I love seeing how quick those cars looked. I'll tell you what product we're going to see. George Russell is a world champion, a goddamn world champion. <laughs> That's what we're going to see. I know <laughs> that that is what you are advocating for. Um, I don't hate it. I love Mercedes and the Silver Arrow. So if George Hamilton can become a, a <laughs> George, world champion, George I'm going to be Russell? happy. You just call him yeah, George Hamilton. George Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that's where I'm torn, you know? But regardless, but yeah, what, what, what are the these product cars going like? to look like, man? I don't know, bro. I don't want to see slow cars. I don't think they'll be slow, bro. There's no way they can be slow, bro. The amount of downforce they have and the amount of horsepower they if have. If we start seeing lap times that are significantly off the pace from last year, it's going to be a little... But mm. here's my question to you. If you see slower lap times by, let's say, 5%, 10%, but there was a lot of wheel-to-wheel fighting, wouldn't you enjoy that more? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that comes hand-in-hand because, hand, you know, when you wheel-to-wheel fight, you're, you're slower because you're not taking the optimal line. You're defending. So, like, I think... Every- so you're telling me that Haas feels good about this year. Haas definitely feels good about this year, bro. They, they feel led like they're going to be wheel They wheel? left Abu Dhabi <laughs> number one out of the testing with the new wheels. They definitely feel positive. I mean... This is a year for Haas, eh? No, it's not. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a year, but they feel good. I definitely think Mick Schumacher coming out and saying he has high expectation for the cars or he feels great about the cars. I don't think he would say that unless he thought their car would be... As long decent. as I don't see Gunter in the scrapyard, I think, think they'll bro, be fine. Can you not wait for 2022 Drive to Survive or 2023 March where you just see Mick and Nick are like seventh and eighth and they crash each other and he calls himself a bunch of fucking wankers. <laughs> we look like a bunch of fucking wankers. <laughs> Man, that is one of the most <laughs> iconic lines. And when it comes to just humor in F1, Gene, bunch of fucking wankers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we just it's look- <laughs> so good. It's so good. It is, but back to it. Are you gonna like miss the two stops? I feel like that's such a big part for me that I'm gonna miss. If that, if this is true, I honestly, true. I, I can't see the two stops being eliminated, man. I can't. If it is eliminated, though, would you miss them, or you're just like, whatever, I don't care? Because you know, that I am gonna add- miss them because pits add that variable where things can go wrong, and yeah, it makes the race exciting. And when your driver or your team does not have a chance, but then there's a bad pit. From whoever's in front of them, it just it I makes mean, there's, it spicy. There's still one pit. Let's make that very clear. But there's not two pits. And like some of our favorite moments was watching Lewis catch Max at the Grand Prix, but he never did it. Listen, he never finished when, off. I love pits, man. When the driver's coming into the pit lane, you kind of feel that tenseness. You're on the edge of your seat. You're like, yo, it better be two point two. And it's like, don't run over the guy in front of you, Yo, make sure to, the tires come off properly. Shout out to Lewis Hamilton and Lance Stroll running over their yeah, mechanics. You know, like, <laughs> it is, inc- pits are amazing, man. I, I love pits. And I, I'm going to miss just the strategy. Obviously, that that three seconds is a thrill because you're like, hopefully they get it right or maybe a bolt gets stuck. I mean, it is probably one of the only things in life that can make two or three seconds feel like an eternity. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, by the way, let's talk about it quickly. How funny is it when, and by means, we're not advocating for it, and we don't want to see them get hurt. But when you see the mechanic that's supposed to jack the car up, just do a, do like a a A somersault. A little tumble. Yeah. (laughs) It's Um, hilarious, I think. And then just get up. Right? There's an F1 car coming at you, and they're coming in at what, 30K, 40K? I think the speed limit is like 40 kilometers an hour in the pit lane. I could be wrong. But still, right? Of course, anyone is going to say, even if it's, 20K, 60K, like, oh, it's not fast. 
when there's a car coming at you and you just have to know, oh yeah, it's going to stop on a dime. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's got to be a little scary. Bro. Are they the most highest paid guys there? Bro, where's they, the, where's they, the they, danger pay at? Fam? Yeah, or do they have a high insurance rate? Because but, when, when you, know, you see like, them somersault, it's the funniest thing. Think about, again, we're in the pit lane. Like the speeds aren't fast, but how many times you, you get released and there's another car in the pit lane and it looks like they're going so fast. Yeah. You got to think about this too. When F1's at like a safety car speed, I think it's still going like 80 kilometers an hour or something like that. I think it's like it has to be at 100. It's something Minimum. ridiculous, right? Like we, like it's still really fast. Like it's a highway speed. <laughs> Bro, the best part is the F1 cars look so slow, but the guys in the safety car are trying so hard and they're just swir- like they're <laughs> almost drifting on the corner. The safety car guys, you got to shut them out. They can drive. <laughs> Of course you they can drive. What's the name? Drive. Bird Van... Uh, what's I don't even know, bro. Bylander or whatever it is. Yeah. It, it's, it's Shout out to the safety car drivers. Shout out to the safety car drivers. Shout out to the pit crew. Um, speaking so much pit. that goes into sport. Yeah. I just wanted to put it. Bert... I, I'm saying his name wrong. Burned Maylander. Burnt Maylander. Shout out to him. Oh, yeah. Driving the safety car every single weekend in this little pretty Aston Martin. Little green decal with the Cognizant. <laughs> bro. Legend. Um, speaking of pit crews, moving weekends to three days, no longer four days. Thursday doesn't exist on media days. How do you feel about that? Anything special you want to talk about or cool? Move on. Um, are they compensating for the extra races? What do you think they're trying to do? Well, you know, there's been so much chatter about how's this fair for the teams, right? Like you're adding more races. Are they getting compensated more? Yeah. I think you need to realize that it's just at what point. Is it just not humane? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and shout out to what you just said, asking for more money. We thought it was just Red Bull that asked for five million, but supposedly Mercedes asked for the five million. No, the greedy teams, man. The <laughs> rich get richer, bro. Greedy, bro. The rich get richer. Yeah. I, back to what we were talking about. I definitely think that you need to. Um, I think you need to compensate the teams in a way, or you need to shorten the schedule. Just and like shortening by a day makes sense. Like doing media in the morning. Like if I'm a driver. I'd much rather prefer having my Thursday theoretically not a media day and ha- packing everything into three days. But That's from a opinion. driver's standpoint, like it's different. We're really talking about the staff, right? Like, there's no, so but the much... staff is still the same. This yeah. is more a driver, because um, it's just media obligations are moving to a three day weekend. Yeah, like they're pa- they're packing a media day instead of Thursday and Friday morning. Friday morning, but that means that the crews are still there Thursday. I think the crews are there. Er- the crews Earlier, still have to set up. Yeah. They still have to set up. Because that was my point. It's like, you know, I, I didn't understand your point at first. It was just a driver. But it's like you've added more races. And this is where people have really talked about just the conditions of working for an F1 team and the toll of everything. There's only the 20 drivers and the 20 principals. I, I'm sorry, I, 10 principals. Yeah. So the thing is, like, they're all in a, a completely different level, right? And the senior senior management. There are times, obviously, that Toto said for the um, back-to-back races where they, they would fly their, their staff maybe first class. But for the most part, it's economy. It's hard conditions. Like, it's not all glam. It's hard, man. Yeah, so here's my thing, right? Let's talk. Let's relate it to the other sport we love a lot, the NBA, right? The NBA is a hectic schedule. But that, you know, you sign up for that. But here's a real difference. The NBA, you get to fly on a private plane. Yeah. 
You're not flying economy because there's only like what maybe 30 people from team personnel. 40 yeah, exactly. People? Like for the most part, the entire team is all on the team plane. And you know you're getting gourmet meals on the plane. Or, like you know, if you're flying economy as a Mercedes engine, like Mercedes pit lane guy, making call it 100k a year. That's a lot of sacrifice, bro. Like you got to think how much staff there are per race per team. And don't even forget the fact that you got to think about all the analysts, all the PR. Don't, don't staff. even think, think about Rackley. How much people they pay there? Yeah, it's it's just a lot, man. To carry an F one team, that's why the price is so expensive. You got to think if oh, if you want to be a good F one team, <laughs> you know, if you're spending like some of these teams, Mercedes Red Bull, that are more than half a billion dollars a year to run, that's crazy. Yeah, we were talking about that last episode. The fact that Mercedes spends like half a billion dollars almost and McLaren only spent like 270 kind of shows you the difference. Like they had to spend almost spend about 40% more and I guess they got double the points, but it's like 40% more to win a championship. Like it's it's kind of insane. Oh, it's, Those are 2019 it's numbers by the way, guys. Um but yeah, I don't know. I I hope they find a way to compensate the teams because not the teams, but the members of teams because I mean, you're going from 20 you're going from like Regular 18, 19 races, that's what we are looking at two, three years ago, to now we're at 23 to make up for COVID and all that. So, it's a lot of money, bro. They just keep adding, man. And when you've got... It's great for us. When you've got three races back to back to back, and I mean, you're going from, say, Mexico to Brazil and then all the way over to Qatar. Like, that's nuts. I don't think they're doing that one anymore. I think they're doing um, something else. But I don't think Qatar is like... Part of the triple header now. I think those triple headers it. are hecked. They split where they have a triple header and then it's uh, Qatar and, and then Saudi to be a back to back, from what I understand. I'm sorry, Abu Dhabi to be a back to back. Um, but yeah, the, our next topic Red Bull's engine. We talk about this all the time and we saw an article that we do a little dive into it. So, what do you think about Red Bull's whole play? Like, after reading this and understanding their play a little bit more, what do you think? I think I'm going to stay on my stance that Red Bull is going to have reliability issues this year. But they still have Honda there. Honda still their contractor. Listen, I know <laughs> you always remind me, but it's not like it's it's different. It's not it's, Honda's not really just there. Honda's not branded there, right? So here's the thing, though, right? So we'll talk a little bit more in depth, and there's a reason why we want to talk about this. So Honda is still widely expected to be contracted to 2025. That's something we know. Uh-huh. We're not blind about that. The contract to 2025, that's what it looks like. So cool. That's done. They made an engine freeze up until March 1st where you can't change your internal combustion engine, your MGUH, your turbocharger, and they have a bunch of engine freezes. So Red Bull took a gamble that they'd make all these improvements so other teams can't fortify ahead of them, right? Smart move by Red Bull, gamble paid off. They also have to make compensation because now we both just learned about this today. They're making the fuel requirement from 5% to 10% 10%, biofuel. That's just from biofuel. So, I don't understand why, and I I don't think you're wrong for thinking this, why you think Red Bull is going to have reliability issues when they sell the same team. But I think it's really interesting how they took this massive gamble and it's paid off really well. Yeah, I think just from uh, Honda's perspective, they just got a driver's championship this year with Max. Like, I think that was the perfect parting gift. Obviously, they didn't win the constructor. But Honda may feel, yeah, we're contracted, and that's great. We're being paid to be a contractor, and we're going to be there. But 
they don't have the same sort of buy-in as they did before. Yeah, because it's technically it's not labor. So really, driving. they're like, yeah, we'll advise, but it's up to them. To well, they're not it advising because it's still being done in in their um, in the Honda Motorsport facility. It's just branded Red Bull, really, from what I read. Yeah. I so wrong. for for me, I think just it just comes back down to the fact that will they have the same sort of buy-in? As opposed to previous years. Obviously, everything says they're all in, blah, blah, blah. But it's not the same, man. Yeah. It's I, like when someone resigns and they say, yeah, I'll they work didn't on resign, my two bro. weeks. They're getting paid. It's mutually beneficial. Right? Here's my thing, too, though. How like how dumb do you think Honda feels leaving after they've won a, a driver's championship? To be honest, it... To me, it never made sense why they're leaving. I, and I, I, you were very clear on that in early in this podcast. Like, six months ago that you never understood it, but they by hands down have the best engine if you balance out reliability and power, right? I don't think it's a question. Yeah, and Honda does have a pretty great history in the sport. So I don't They also have a bad history too. They've had great times and they've had terrible times. Yeah, like that's, that's no need to highlight the bad times, but <laughs> it's just kind of weird that they're leaving and the reports that maybe you'll see Red Bull with you know, someone from the Volkswagen group. Yeah. But that's not until 2025, I think. 2026. Yeah, but where does Honda find a place in the sport then? Maybe they're gone forever? I mean, they worked with McLaren before. Maybe McLaren goes back to them. Maybe Aston so, Martin. Like, you got to understand, right? A lot of teams' commitments come up in 2000, uh, when they get into 2026. So it's like, maybe uh, maybe they just stick with AlphaTauri. Maybe they keep it like it's strictly AlphaTauri. Who knows, right? Like, it's going to be very interesting to see. I think that whole engine game is interesting. I think I'd love to see a world where every team has to design their own engine. What is the play for the um, for the engine, right? Like, for the engine manufacturer. Like, sure, you're getting paid for that engine. But what value it's does it have? It's a marketing ploy, It's bro. all marketing. Here's the thing, though. Like, I think F1 teams should partner with a house. Like, let's say Haas partners with Ford. Create an engine. They should get some revenue from F F one. Like they should find a way to make it creative, where teams are actually all teams have to have their own engines. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, teams are incentivized to have their own engines. Yeah. Yeah. They're incentivized because it would be so interesting, like not seeing McLaren on a Mercedes. Exactly. I've listen. This year we had Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull. Right. Those were the three engines. Renault and Renault. And it's, I think, again, like I, I get where we are in this sport. It just makes logical sense that each team should have its own. But engine. then we should get rid of AlphaTauri. I hate, we talked about this last podcast. I hate the sister team thing. I absolutely despise the sister team thing. Yeah, it's, and it's not it's, because of like, it's so sketchy, man. It's not because of the whole like compete against two teams. It's the fact that it's like, you're literally there just to be a bottom feeder, be a back marker. So it's like, why you're are you being the sport? taking a place up? Exactly. Because they're never going to compete for a championship. They're always the second team. The only thing I would say about that is like, do we have another constructor that actually wants to compete for a championship? That that would be my only like, if there's no other team, then sure. But I feel like AlphaTauri should be on a contract where it's like, hey, the second actual real team, yeah, team wants to buy holder. you, or, yeah, they're a placeholder. And you know, I could say the same thing about Haas, but Haas is not a sister team. Exactly, Haas is literally they're, they're just they're just trash. They're, they're trying to fight no, with nothing. They're just they're just trash. That's just the reality of it. They're just trash. So the. Yeah, AlphaTauri is a placeholder, and they should only be a placeholder until they're... And I feel like there is a lineup of P2 
people that want to get in. So I don't know, bro, because like when you look at the numbers, well, it's like, we all know ha- that Volkswagen Group wants to get in. I know, but like it's only Volkswagen Group. Who else is really trying to get yeah, in? Yeah, well, but Volkswagen Group's got so many brands. No, but they might only want to put one sport in. But like maybe BMW gets back in. Who knows? But when you look at BMW, this, right? Volkswagen, I've said it, an American constructor. Haas? Ford, bro. <laughs> they should just partner with Haas. Haas and Ford. Should yeah, be I don't, know, I don't know if Ford wants to come into the sport partnering bro, with the Bro, Ford team. won championships way back in the yeah, day. Yeah, they don't want to come into the sport partnering with Haas, bro. bro. They're coming in on their own accord. What do you mean? They want to be an American story. Yeah, yeah, but... You know American Sniper? Americans are all about winning. They don't no. want to work with the American loser. You know the American Sniper? The American... Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. <laughs> but anyways, um, which team, do you, which car manufacturer do you want to see most other than the obvious Porsche and Audi? Would you want to see a BMW? I think BMW, again, this is just right off the top, my respective opinion. BMW, like, it's a no-brainer. They should be an F1. Mercedes is their rival. Mercedes, like... So you want them to get their ass kicked by Mercedes as well there. (laughs) Listen, BMW is a big company. Like, they should be able to compete with Mercedes from a a financial standpoint. But we mean you both know a little bit about Mercedes as, uh, you know... Look at what the success... Of Mercedes through the twin hybrid era has done for its brand globally. I don't know if uh, agreed. I don't know if Mercedes. I mean BMWs is as success, successful as Mercedes because look at this. Me, you know a little bit about just a little bit about the car industry because you had a Mercedes, aka your post on Instagram. <laughs> BMW franchises everything. Mercedes has a lot of corporate stuff, so I don't know how their structure works and if and if they are as financially sound as Mercedes, like. Because I, I feel like everything I know about Mercedes is they make really smart decisions on everything they do. I don't know too much about BMW anymore, but it feels like I see a lot more Mercedes on the street. Listen, BMW used to own the younger market. It, it BMW has always been known for drivability. It's a driver's car. Break my wallet. And yeah, yeah <laughs> but all of a sudden Mercedes went from, oh, it's the old, uh, you know, mom driving it to... Now it, it's the hot car on the block. It's a hot car, and they rolled out the CLA, and they just rolled out more affordable options. I just they as a company they became younger and cooler. I agree with you. And then you pair that with eight straight championships, and it, why would you not want to drive a Mercedes? I'm still Team Beamer, sadly, but that's why BMW needs to be in the sport. I I think it um, is the pinnacle of motorsport. How much do you invest? And now we're so off topic, but who cares? This motor. It's a great motorsport. topic. How much do you invest into Mercedes growth and just producing nice cars? Because their cars were ugly. Back, like think about the, of course be, before your Benz, right? You had got about a 2012. My first was the 2010, then a 2010. 2012. So t- tw- no, wasn't you get a 2016? I had a 2010 E350, and then you went to tw- 2016. Yeah, maybe it was 2016. Yeah, yeah, 2016, bro. You got your car in 2016. Yeah. But anyways. Think about like the 2007 E Class compared to 2010 E Class. For sure, those the, the, yo, those were ugly. Old the Mer- the Mercedes, cars. the BMW cars were nice. Like back in 2004, great. they were nice. Like my mid 2000s BMW cars look great. They like, were great. So my whole point is like, how much do you really attribute to F1? I think it's just everything aligning at the right time. Yeah, I, I think Mercedes is already taken off with that horse and is not looking back. That's my kind of opinion. And if that makes sense. That's why BMW should be in the sport because. It's the pinnacle of motorsport. That's the industry you're in. And you're, you know, I may be wrong, but I feel like BMW predicates its entire marketing on performance. You may as well be performing in the best. I agree with you. That makes sense. Like Porsche. Porsche needs to be there. 
I li- uh, you know who would I'd actually like to see? Honda. I want an actual Honda F1 team. How big yeah. is motorsport in Japan? I mean, think it's about how massive. big the Japanese Grand Prix is. It's massive. Like, we have so many European automakers. Like, when are we getting our first? When are we getting an yeah. actual full fledged Japanese like, That's team? why when you see like the Red Bull drivers, they're driving Honda. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see Honda actually in F1 fully fledged. And maybe that's Honda's play that we don't know about. Maybe Honda's looking to actually be a full team. Maybe they buy off of Tori that's and become a full team, right? Um, anything else you want to go over that? We kind of. I just, I mean, it is a great conversation to have. I absolutely love talking about it. I think that you love the business side of these. The business side of it is incredible. These manufacturers realize that it's a massive marketing play. Success on the track equates to sales off the track, possibly. And it's not just I car love, sales, it's merchandise sales. What, it's do you, what do you think awareness. about Ferrari? What do you think their sales look like since 2019? Yo, Ferrari, <laughs> Ferrari makes beautiful cars. Like I've, I've been watching the videos of like Charles driving around in his Ferrari through Monaco and like I hate, giving I hate that. those tours. I'm like, man, Ferrari makes some great cars. I hate the fact they get to drive through Monaco with no taxes. I'm a little bit of a hater on that. So I respect it. I definitely want to see Ferrari back at the top. I do too. I definitely want to see Ferrari back at the top. Um, I'm just... Yeah, I like I like the business side of it. Obviously, you like it a little bit more. I really enjoy the sport, but I don't know. Seeing Honda would be probably a dream for me. Like, I really would like to see what Honda could do, like as an actual constructor, because they've had so many stints as an engine manufacturer. Mm-hmm. But it's like when they're full fledged, own a team, and you know they've done it in the past. I'm 99 percent sure. I could be wrong, but like in the modern era, I think it'd be great for the sport, especially because Japan's such a house for F1. Like, by the way. The Suzuka Grand Prix sucks in F1 2021. Everything is so narrow. It absolutely sucks. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, well, hopefully we have a Japanese Grand Prix this year. Well, they, they said that they're coming back, by Listen, the way. Listen, like, they Haas, said that about Haas Canada. Post, they said it about... Haas posted that. You see that? They posted their card in Canada, Japan, Singapore, <laughs> and it's like, okay, guys, don't pull it, post your last we place We also car. said last year we'd have an Australian Grand Prix, a Canadian Grand Prix, it all got... Australia's not coming back. I don't think so. Man, the Australian GP is... Incredible. Well, they have the new track. So actually, no, they probably will because they have the new track. We talked about it. We're excited for that, by the way. You guys should check out the video. There's a new Australian Grand Prix. They are teasing it, I think, sometime in February. It'll be dropped. Our last thing on the agenda, then we can kind of go through anything that might have uh, come across your brain, is James Allison, Mr. Mercedes, video that they posted saying that they are talking about how 2022 is a chance to shut up all the haters. And what I mean by that is to prove to the world that they weren't lucky with this one turbo hybrid era and that it wasn't God given. <laughs> I'm telling you, I love it. I love it. I love it. All the haters that talk all the garbage, Mercedes, and I th- you know, I think we're in agreement here. We both said it like they're going to destroy the field this year. I, I think they will. I, I, and if we got a George Lewis pairing, okay. So, Watch out. So let's give our listeners context. Why do we think Mercedes is going to destroy the field? Because, one... If Lewis returns, we think he's motivated. The Lewis return and him not being, like, kind of checked out. I Two, don't, we won't say he's checked out, but he probably wasn't challenged for three years. Yeah, so he got complacent. Yeah. You know, complacency complacent. is normal and natural. But Mercedes has invested so much into this side of their business and the Formula One success over the last 10 years that... They've been prepping for this transition. I think they have to. They have an incredible engine. 
They have... Well, remember that we spoke about the engine freeze. So, like, their engine's getting held in and it's going to go straight in. And they had the best engine in terms of performance. From an R&D standpoint, the resource standpoint, having companies like Petronas, they are going to be so ready. And I think that they are going to look smooth out the gate. So, we both think that if George is what they advertise as, I think they have the best drivers on the market. Like, the best pair. Best pair. If it's George is as good as they Max say. Max is the best driver on the grid. No, I meant the best pair, right? Best pair. Um, and uh, uh, Max was the best driver in 2021. The best driver on the grid when he's locked in, I think, is Lewis Hamilton. That's, no that's my Lewis opinion, when he's, when he's locked, locked in. in. So, the, we'll make that very clear. So, they have the best pair, in our opinion, if George is r- advertised as he is. If not, I think it's Ferrari. I think we can both say that. And that's why I think this season, um, It'll be the Merkel fight for Ferrari. second place... It's not going to be a one-two Mercedes Red Bull. You think it's, it's going to be Red Bull and Ferrari are going to? That's going to be the fight to watch this year. Yeah, and so that's one big reason we think they have the best pairing on the grid. Obviously, eight times in a row, constructor championship. They've shown that they're so innovative. The way they use that little suspension to flatten out the car, which gave them a lot of flat line, uh, straight line speed. Obviously, it's known that everybody feared that Mercedes engine. The brand new one, so obviously it's a, he- a miles away ahead. They're not being bombarded by the F1 by removing a bunch of downforce and a lot of uh, barge boards. Uh, well, they yeah, are, it's like but a, it's al- almost like a clean slate, though, for all of the teams. This it year. is, but it's not like you know how the changes last year actually were absolutely to disadvantaged help low- teams like Red Bull. Yeah, they they disadvantaged low rate teams. So we generally think Mercedes can come out banging. So. If they don't come out banging, I'll be shocked. But I love how James Allison's coming with that energy. And I don't know if that, that has energy. to do with because Max Verstappen's luck comment on Lewis Hamilton. Because they kind of coincided right around the same time. Yeah. And I mean, I, I no need to misconstrue Max's comments. I think in every sport, you need a little bit of luck. Um, that, that's a given, bro. That, that's it's a, a little given. bit. It, it's a given. But when someone has won or a team has won eight constructors, it's not luck. No, for sure it's not luck. You have to develop a great engine to begin with, right? Like, we'll leave it at that. But I guess where we're going is Mercedes has a chance to prove it's actually the best constructor. Yeah. And I think... Because if, if they can win in the new era, then it's like, yo, who, who's at the table? And yeah. And this goes back to our discussion about the Scuderia when we had that legacy pod about Ferrari. Is if they reel off two or three in a row, I have them as the best constructor ever because they've transitioned through two yeah. modern eras. Now, if, if Mercedes wins and we get to 10 straight constructors. And they've transitioned to two eras. Then they're the greatest. In my opinion, they're the greatest team, the greatest constructor ever, even though they don't have the most championships. I don't have to. I'm not judging everything off of greatness. No one says Bill Russell is the best NBA player of all time. Yeah. And, uh, but we will say Lewis is the greatest driver if he gets eight. Facts. <laughs> So uh, that's pretty much it on on our side in terms of what we had on the agenda. Anything that you kind of want to cover before we sign yeah, off? Yeah, I mean, just I think there's a lot going on in the news cycle. People are, you know, throwing straws here. We got car releases coming up in a few weeks. I think you can start to see the segue into the first race happen pretty quickly after that because we go from cars to Barcelona to Bahrain, and there'll be lots going on. And I think at some point in time, you know, um, you're going to see either Lewis appear at the, the reveal because that's just normal. So Obligation, right? If he's at the... And I think that's kind of fitting, like silence, nothing, and then all of a sudden... 
Him and up. George just ripped the cloth off the car, <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God, Lewis Hamilton. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the cars quickly. Best-looking car. Um, the best-looking car, I can't wait to see Mercedes return to silver. That's not what I'm asking. Who has the best-looking car Off, if you were a betting man? Who will have or who has? Who will have the best-looking car as of t- uh, when the car reveals are all said and done? I want to say Williams, just because... They always their car looks sick they last come year. With the fresh car, I I'm going Mercedes. You're going Mercedes, okay? I I wasn't. I'll tell you who the worst car Haas? is going to be. Oh, bro, Aston Martin, bro. They're going to be bad. I think I think Haas's car is nice, by the way. I, I, I like. I, the look I, of I the never car. had an issue with Haas's car. Aston Martin really messed up with. Uh, no, Aston Martin's come with the fire. They are. They got rid of the pink, right? Yeah. No more BW. You know, I'm just, one of the cars I'm looking to see is the Alpine with the pink. The pink little stripe in it. The Alpine BWT. looks so cool when they added the Castrol green. Yeah, so I'm, I'm curious to see. Like, yeah. Alpine looks like they got their styling right. department together. So let me hear. Who's your, who? Oh, your it's easy. Worst. Come on, bro. I'm going the same route as you. I'm going Papaya Orange. I'm going Team Homer. Papaya Orange? I like worst? the Papaya Orange. Who's worst? Worst? Oh, AlphaTauri. Yeah, AlphaTauri. I don't like AlphaTauri. I know you like AlphaTauri, but I don't like it. It's just blue with a, with a bowl wrapped all around it. Like, I just don't like it. Is Ferrari going to get the right red? red Ferrari will come out banging too. That's something else I'd say. Ferrari will come out banging as well. I, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. I think Ferrari will. What do you think of the Red Bull livery? Like, I, I like the white. The white, the Japanese one was beautiful. I'm honestly not a fan of the dark liveries. Like, I guess that's why I don't really like Red Bulls. Like, I'm okay with it. I didn't, I, that's why I've been an advocate that Mercedes needs to go back to silver arrows. I don't like the Alpha Tori. Williams is half, is like half dark, but it's like a navy blue. It's not black. I just, I just think the black is just like, I don't know. It's uneventful. It's like, what it, do you think it, of Alfa Romeo? I like theirs. You like it? I huh? like the red and white. I mean, it, it's a clean looking car. You can tell that they've actually put some thought into how they've styled it. But I feel like Red Bull is just black or navy blue, and they slapped the Red Bull logo. On, you call I think, it a listen, day. all we've seen is stupid damn renderings of these new cars, right? And it just makes it look ugly and futuristic. I think once we actually see the real deal, it's gonna look good. Yeah, and like let's talk about like Mercedes black car. They actually put all their silver arrows in it, so it's like their car was really nice. I love those silver arrows. Yeah, like black. they actually put detail into it. But like Red Bull, if you pull it up right now, it's literally Red Bull with a bull on top and a stupid red line through it. <laughs> like, what do you guys like? I never liked the Red Bull car. It's like it's not even. I creative, only like their right? special edition. Yeah, their their special edition Japanese livery was really nice, and when I look at Mercedes, they put detail into it. So, I mean, listen. This is about racing. It's not about being looking fashionable, but we're just talking about that right now. And we all know, like, especially the fact that the first race is going to be a Bahrain, those nice spotlights at nighttime, those liveries come to life. So you're not interested in Aston Martin's livery at all? I mean, you have to get the traditional, like, Aston Martin, like, forest green right. Like, this year, I I didn't think that was... It didn't speak to Aston Martin's color, like... It didn't, but I think the reason why the car was ugly is because of the pink. Like, I think if you put a clean white or a clean different color on there, it would have been clean. Like, it would have been really they nice. They definitely need to come with some freshness because you go from I don't think the you pink even, car on the track to the big ass. Yo, I like the pink car, by the way. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, it's not like I hate it. It's, just it's not. It wasn't ugly. I mean, it was extravagant. At least you knew who was there, bro. Yeah, like you knew they, when you, when you they, seen they were in the room when you seen Checo pulling up at you. You seen check. You knew it was Checo when you seen that BWT yeah. or Lance. But so worst car you're going with Aston. I think Aston's gonna screw it up. I'm going with Alvatore. 
going with AlphaTauri. Best car, we're going with our two favorite teams. That's right. I think Ferrari's going to get it right. I'm excited to see the Alpine car. So we're kind of in line with our be- our biggest sleeper cars are Ferrari and Alpine. And we picked both our homer teams. What does Red Bull do? Same car? Listen, they got to do something because it's ugly. And they got to, all you know, they're coming with the number one car this year with Max. So it's they got to bring something. I hope they bring something. Um, who has, who has the biggest improvement in terms of car? Because every team you've listed pretty, pretty, pretty has a nice car. Is like Alpine's really nice. Does anybody like just come like you saying Aston Martin's going down? Is it Ferrari? So yours is Ferrari. I'm guessing based on Ferrari improvement. makes the biggest leap. Mine is Haas. I think Haas. Is yeah, like does something. Haas return to that cool kind of black and gold? Haas is coming with something really nice. I think. I think this is their only year. I think this is a big year for Haas. We won't get into too much why. Alvatore is going to be basic. Alvatore is basic, bro. They're Red Bull. Like, it's pretty easy. So your biggest surprise will be Ferrari minus Haas? Just thinking, are we missing anyone? No, we've pretty much named everybody. Alfa Romeo. Like, I don't. Th- I think Alfa Romeo is pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah. You're going you're Rari. I think Alfa Romeo is going to screw it up, to be honest. Oh, so... So that's going to be your biggest surprise, but in a bad way. In a bad way. Okay. All right. That's pretty much First up. one starts Feb 10th. Feb 10th, I know. Who's Feb 10th? Isn't it McLaren? No, McLaren's 11th, Aston right? Martin's Aston Martin, the, yeah. McLaren's 11th. So, I mean, I guess we'll... Red Bull uh, hasn't announced theirs yet. Red Bull's like, we're the world champion. The we're going to go last. Yeah. Um, Mercedes is what, the 18th or 17th? Yeah, 18th. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it from us. Shout out to Australia. You guys have been putting some work. You guys have been listening to us a little Down bit. Down under, bro. Down under. Hey, listen, by the way, guys, we weren't trying to slander Danny Ricardo. We're just being truth tellers, you know? Yo, truth tellers. We like Danny. Danny. Like, both of us have come out listen, and said, we, we, we love like Danny. Danny. We want to get Danny Rick on the show. It's just like, you know, I hope he comes correct with the McLaren. I hope he comes this year. correct. And then, you know what? Shout out to France. France has been tuning in too. Yo. How do you say thank you? Mercy? I think yeah. so. Yeah. Mercy beaucoup. Mercy, bro. I can't even say, bro. (laughs) Let's just sign off on that note. We'll see you guys next time.